New York Real Talk with Pamela Sue Mann, Alex Lefchuk, and some incredibly inspiring guest co-presenters from the city that never sleeps via Siren Radio and Southside Broadcasting. Don't you play with my little toy heart 
It's another New York Real Talk, and we've just been listening to another magical piece of music as selected by Pamela Suman to actually launch us through in terms of this whole thing by, of course, the fabulous Sarah Azara. Uh, Sarah, welcome to New York Real Talk. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to be here. Excellent. We're delighted to have you. And actually, Pamela is with us on time and ready and set for, for all sorts of things. And, and she's great. It's, it's like she's got a little toy heart working in so many magical <laughs> ways, which is which is great. There. So, so there you go, Pamela. Uh, over to you. Would you like to introduce even more wonderfully Sarah Azara, composer and singer and performer of what we've just heard, Little Toy Heart? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah is... Um... I'd say she's the closest thing to my doppelganger, um, a fairy Jewish sister with other additions that I won't necessarily add on this <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, are you suggesting that you were replaced at birth and actually sort of uh, put in place like some sort of changeling, really? I mean, goodness me. <laughs> I think we might somehow be sisters that were somehow separated in the universe. I know this is getting very hippie, but um, and then and then just like split and then and came down and here we are and and uh, even if you notice, I know people can't see this, but our glasses yeah. are very similar. <laughs> yeah, spooky, spooky. I say the same kind of uh, uh, ocular uh, wear as well. Fantastic stuff. I, ha- I have to I have to make an introduction of, of Sarah. That's pretty funny. The the way that Sarah and I met is actually on a on a modeling shoot our two mini models at the time and her daughter was the gorgeous long-haired blonde and and my daughter was the the wafy uh dark-haired mysterious one and they got you know they got cast together and and you, we had to sit in this trailer and it was nice they gave us food and coffee and we could just sit there and sarah and i just started talking now most times the parents are very buttoned up and very conservative and also a lot of times it's just a nanny if you can believe that that brings the, the kid to the the shoot well she and i started talking and the more we talked the more we realized that as i said we were very kindred like freakishly kindred and then we just struck off a, a, like an amazing friendship immediately which never happens at these kitty photo shoots and also um she was she had written um a bunch of songs and she was just about to record them and somehow we got to talking and it wound up that jerry jerry leonard wound up working with her and, and producing co-producing her songs not that long after it just the whole thing and, and, and so clearly bad. the message is that if you are a parent with a child actually doing various uh, show business things don't be a competitive parent don't view all other parents as basically being the enemy actually talk to them you might get on actually dealing with magical things and even more great things will take place I was uh, I had been living in Westchester and uh, meeting Pam and just, you know, sparking off and having a real conversation with another parent. I had my my child was in this um, day school where uh, I was the one of those things that weren't like the other. You know, they were very nice, but I shared a studio apartment. They had these, you know, great big places. And um, it was meeting Pam and, and having an actual real conversation. It was like, oh civilization <laughs> it's so refreshing and yeah before too long I was you know going up to spend the weekend at, at her place um, See, when you mentioned Westchester Sarah I instantly had a flashback to uh, my original encounter with the suburb of Westchester which of course is home to Professor Xavier's uh, superhero group otherwise known as the X-Men they all go to school in Westchester <laughs> as well so uh, uh, oh 
you know, clearly there's a superheroic sort of line there. And you do have a look of, of Jean Grey, aka Marvel Girl, as well. So I think that's, that's quite interesting <laughs> from that point of view. So it just opens up that. So. Uh, moving on, and as as yet, I don't think uh, sorry you've actually been asked to do the uh, the theme to the X Men, but I'm sure it'll happen. It'll it'll or indeed a joint thing, a joint connection between <laughs> yourself and Pamela from that point of view. Uh, a writer, a songwriter, I'm a visual. To this talk. Uh, a visual artist, uh, again, some of the, the journals, very prestigious journals, you've actually had your work published in the Southampton Review. Um, it, that, again, nothing to do with the English Southampton Review, I presume. No, this is Southampton, New York. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they have a pretty amazing um, creative writing program and pretty remarkable writers conference where they get very heavy hitters from the literary world to teach workshops and you're just immersed in this kind of soup of, of writers and you know talking and thinking about writing all day and then when you when you leave the conference it's really hard to talk to you know people Normal people exactly the mundanes <laughs> as they're referred to I mean, it's, it's true and, and, and once again I, I was clarifying that in terms of Southampton because it was Southampton England known for of course being the home of the saints and their regular uh, tribute the, when the Saints go marching in, it's the local soccer team. I'm using soccer, obviously, in the, the sort of footballing routine. And, and when you saw the Southampton <laughs> Review, I thought, oh, she's actually written about America, uh, sort of an American perspective on British football, maybe citing players like Mike <laughs> Shannon and others. No, different line entirely, still. There's, uh, there's so much I don't know about both kinds of football. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's if, if New York Real Talk could do anything, it's kind of addressing those differences and, and synthesizing some good material. Um, of course, American <laughs> Literary, the GW Review, uh, the uh, the intriguingly titled Long Limbs, which is wonderful from that point of view. Uh, that's obviously for your poetry. So which came first? Um, was it the poetry? Was it the writing? Or was it actually the music? I actually think the songwriting came first. Um I'd been writing songs. I, this is a goofy story that I've never told anybody, but the first song I remember writing, I was probably about five years old and I was in the shower and I was, you were too. Not in the shower, no. I was in the shower and I just noticed my feet made this like really cool sound in the water. And then I just started making up this little song about the sound my feet made in the water. Um, so I, I remember wanting to write songs and starting to write songs very early. I got into it in earnest in, I don't know, junior high school. When I was about 13 years old. Um, I, my parents, I very much wanted to play the drums. And my parents said, okay, if you get an A in math, we'll let you, you know, we'll let you learn the drums. And I think that was very strategic of them because there was, it was a very kind of long shot that I would get an A in math. I wasn't bad at it I just disliked it very much and uh I got a B and so I said okay I got a B can I get a guitar <laughs> this is a kind of a compromise yeah, so, it was very strategic. so they, they had to they, you know they had to listen to me practicing guitar which isn't nearly as loud but, but surely um, Sarah the, the the answer is is quite clear I mean music and mathematics they're interconnected you just have to uh, check out Chartres Cathedral and the work of Johann Sebastian Bach so you know if the the, the, the sort of the other fallback position was oh, if you want me to get an A next time I clearly need to actually enhance my musical ability therefore I require musical instruments yes <laughs> you know it took me a long time to kind of see the beauty of math but by now I do it I, I actually teach at a STEM university now and so 
uh, my admiration for math has grown exactly. more. Exactly. And, and let's face it, without math, Pamela would have challenges with her tax returns. It's okay. We can know this. <laughs> it's, 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 it's important. But what, what the I'm, heck? I'm very good at arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, the algebra, the uh, calculus, the differentiation, the integration, perhaps a different sort of area, but what the heck. Yeah, I, I can, you know, I can uh, tell you anything about grammar, but um, I, I don't know if I can actually define calculus. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sarah, Isaac Newton might have written Principia Mathematica, but was it grammatically correct? <laughs> I'll have to go review it. I'll do a little copy edit. <laughs> uh, Pamela, I know you've got lots of notes there. Would you like to throw some more questions at Sarah to see what other scoops we can reveal on NYRT? Well, actually, Alex taught me a term in our incredible experience thus far, which is going on six months. I don't even know how long we've been sharing this. Time is an illusion now, Pamela. You know, <laughs> all things can coalesce into one, according to Einstein. This term is called polymath. And, you know, you, you, Sarah, you were one of the first polymaths that I became really good friends with. And it always astounded me because, I mean, songwriting was my little tiny little universe. Um, and I would do little bits and pieces. But you, like, you were so strongly involved in academia and, and in poetry and in writing and in all of these facets of things that uh, were just, just like these magical, you know, places that I didn't have the key to, you know, and, and, and I knew that you did the songwriting as well as I did. And I knew that you have this fabulous sense of fashion, which I admire, and, and your own very unicorn, unique way of being in the world, which I, you know, I bow to you for this, because especially in America, in capitalistic America, it's very hard on every level. And um, I think that what I'd like to, what I'd like you to discuss, because again, as I've said, you know, you, you don't really, you don't really interview your friends. It'd be kind of creepy. So there's all these things you, you don't really know about your friends until you get them on your show. <laughs> and then you get to just interview them. It's really like the, the interconnectedness of it all. Like I, um, in terms of the, the, the world of academia, because I've been sort of really gravitating towards brilliant academic people such as Alex and Joe Rendell and, and, and yourself. There's a, something that happens to the brain and in the brain that's a certain kind of person. Oh, and Adam Harrison Levy, who, Sarah, you will meet. What is it? What is this thing? Is it just a hunger for learning? Is it uh, something, a trick in retention, which I do not have? But tell us, like, how well, how that for you? And I mean, in my case, I kind of fell into the family business, I guess. Uh, the My parents are both scholars. Um, so my, uh, my mom is actually a Fulbright scholar uh, and my father, uh, they're both doctorates. They're both um, taught at university for many, many years. And I kind of fought it for a long time. And I tried on a few different careers, um, everything from, you know, bartending, vintage clothes. I was an art therapist for about four years, which required another master. So I was collecting degrees like postage stamps. And then eventually I was like, hey, you know, I can be paid to be in college. <laughs> um, but the, you know, they, they definitely raised us with a thirst for knowledge. Um, and you know, being, being Jewish, you know, we always value um, knowledge a great deal too. Um, but yeah, I think just learning is such a turn on. So to be able to 
to be able to like give students, young young people, um, that same kind of intellectual turn on is just really really fun. Well, um, strange, sorry, you should actually mention young people because we've got our officially designated young person in the studio with us. Sorry, Jessica, I don't like to pigeonhole this basis, but I, and now, now you're a graduate, of course. Maybe you're not so young. Uh, I'm certainly going out to do postgraduate work back over in uh, Trinity College, Dublin. But welcome to the programme. Got to ask you the question. We've heard uh, one of Sarah's songs so far. Um, and uh, that was all about the, uh, the, the joys of a little heart, a, uh, a, a little toy heart, no less, really. Initially, I thought when I was going to hear it, Sarah, I thought, oh, is this going to be kind of counterparts to Martika's toy soldiers? But no, it's a little toy heart. We should have a little toy soldier. Jessica, what have you made of the music of Sarah's uh, magic so far? Have you had a chance to listen to it, given we've had to change the time of this particular recording? Yeah, I have. And I thought they were very darkly beautiful. They were really gorgeous to listen to. And I thought it was very peaceful, but still very, um, their songs were very dynamic and interesting. And I liked the, um, the title. Um, I thought it was very cute and I wanted to actually know more if, if no one's asked yet about your musical inspirations. That song um, is, it's a heartbreak song. Um, and um, it was about um, someone I was uh, pursuing for a very long time who I think enjoyed the attention, but did not return the affection. <laughs> Um, and, uh, this is the kind of the moment when I realized, oh, it's not like that for them. And uh, unrequited I, love, Sarah, unrequited yeah, love. We all great, go through it. Great of inspiration. Um, and, uh, actually they're both heartbreak songs, I think. Um, I, it's hard to write a happy song, you know, uh, the, the things that make us feel, um, uh, row, row, row your boat, row your boat ashore. That's quite happy. That is happy, actually, and a classic. Yeah, I mean, exactly. we can all hear it in our heads right now. Yeah, exactly. Merrily, 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 merrily. Gently rise the dream. Life is but a dream. But a dream. <laughs> and time is real. Um, <laughs> um, the title actually came from, and I, maybe I shouldn't reveal this, but um, I think it's funny, uh, an episode of The Simpsons uh, <laughs> where Lisa's... Lisa's cat um, ran away or died or something. And, um, and Lisa was just flabbergasted. And she said, she played with my heart like it was a toy heart. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. <laughs> so, and it just came out. Um, that one has some really cool drums by Ben Azera, who's uh, still my good friend and the father of my child although we are no longer a unit, um, but he is just a super skilled drummer. And, you know, I still think one of the best drummers in Washington, DC. It, it, it's um, impressive that uh, Matt Groening has actually inspired a, a, a classic uh, a popular music <laughs> song, which is great. Good stuff. Among so many other things. <laughs> Alex, I just realized something. You have my exact view behind you. And it's not the view I have right now because I'm in the country, but this is freaking me out. Behind you is the view from my apartment in the city. Mm. And, mm. and I've actually stepped into your apartment. I got on the plane, flew over there and actually just chopped in literally 
at the sort of same time, I thought, you know, we could do it. You know, it's New York real talk. We, we, we need to work on this basis. There you go. Sarah, when you finally, finally, finally come visit me. <laughs> now I know. That we can I know. The summer will be maybe a little easier, although I've complicated things uh, by adopting a puppy. And this might be the last time I puppy. I might just adult dog from now on um, because puppies are a lot. And this puppy I brought home, I have a little eight pound chihuahua already, pixie. And uh, a friend of mine um, got a whole, a litter of nine puppies from this dog she was fostering and something came over me. It was, it was the middle of COVID. I don't know, we all had the madness. And uh, I brought home this little eight pound puppy who is now an 80 pound pit bull just a big black muscle tooth, one-headed Cerberus, just. <laughs> um, so she complicates things, but I have found someone who will take her to board. And so I think I can figure this out because I miss you so much. And I miss Here's her. is also an animal lover, um, a great, great animal lover. We, we, spent, a, we spent a storm together. <laughs> and she came yeah. up to help me, whether the storm Jerry was on tour and she brought her you know, may she rest in peace. A then antiquated aged, aged dog, and and we we all tried to to uh, bail out the house from water and be there for the wow. dog. <laughs> wow, there, there were buckets because the uh, the sump pump wasn't working, and so we were with the buckets. And yeah, paperweight was that dog. He was a great. And, and what a fabulous title for the first Pamela Suman Sarah Azaria album: the Chihuahua and the Pitbull. You know. <laughs> I'm not, I think we're both both. Oh. <laughs> we're both both. No, yeah. it's true. It's true. I also ended up getting uh, six chickens, so I'm still taking care of them. <laughs> but, the, the, you know, COVID made me strange, and I just yeah. decided I need to acquire animals for some reason. Well, and, now, I mean, and again, you've got the title of the difficult second album there as well, The Six Chickens, <laughs> you know. That's just great. <laughs> It'll, it, it's bound to go well. Jessica, any other questions before I go down an animal route that there's, there's no returning from? Um, if no one's asked yet, what are your um, projects for 2022 now that the pandemic is hopefully kind of starting to leave us? Um, well, musically, I've been uh, playing with this band, Miss Vicious, uh, and it's, um, you know, uh, four women, uh, ranging in age from 41 to 61. And uh, we actually last, not last Saturday, a couple, March, well, a, a couple Saturdays ago, we won the Battle of the Bands at the Stephen Talk House in Amagansett. And I had played this thing every year for like five years and never even placed. And so we were just like, okay, we go, we play, we have a good time. We're not gonna win, but it's a lot of fun. And we were gobsmacked uh, at the end. There's several pictures of me like, you know, mouth, jaw dropped, <laughs> just kind of smiling and gaping at the same time because it, I, we, I couldn't like even believe it. You don't win a, like a lot of money or a prestigious gig. You actually win a crown, uh, which is a, feathers and antlers and you know this wild kind of headpiece and you keep it for a year and then the next year you give it to the next winner um so it's it's more of a prestige it's the honor the honor yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Very good. So, um, and then, you know, we're, we're working on developing some new songs. We play some cover songs and we're like working on getting gigs. Um, otherwise, I've got a, a short story coming out in um, an anthology from this cool little New York publisher called Great Weather for Media. Um, I've got a couple of articles coming out in Afloat USA, which is a glossy east end of Long Island, you know, waterside living kind of magazine. Um, so I, I did a portrait of a, a profile of an artist, um, a gallery owner called uh, named Tripoli Peterson, uh, who's also a surfer. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of fun. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm teaching creative writing at, at uh, Stony Brook University. And, and, and that teaching side of things, Sarah, obviously brings us to what I'm sure all practice, practitioners of pedagogy or the art of teaching sometimes might feel, likely suicidal. See what I did there? <laughs> um, what, you've submitted this after a whole semester working with me? This is it, really? Oh, okay. Um, perhaps... It's on the syllabus! Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. Um, be positive. And it's nothing to do with the theme from MASH, of course, in which the argument was that suicide is painless. No, I don't know. And I don't want to try it either. So there we are. But let's talk about likely suicide. We're about to hear it now. A uh, little bit more, shall we say, um, well, again, melancholy, perhaps, than, uh, the, the, than little tie hearts. But what the hey? Um, I mean, actually, Jessica, what did you make of likely suicidal? liked it um the title like surprised me I was like oh is this gonna be you know about like struggle and um I was interested to see what it sounded like just based off the title but it was it was very pretty even though it was like more like you said melancholy than um the toy heart song but I still enjoyed it it was still beautiful and I wanted to know what again your inspiration for that was I'm only lightly suicidal You don't have to hold my hand I know that it solve all my problems But I'm not making a plan Doubt that I could be that selfish No one else would understand So I'm not all that suicidal Kindly let go of my hand I won't do it, I swear Taking any pills to send me dozing out of debt I've got a shiny rack of knives But I'm not sharpening them yet Haven't hired any hitmen to blow off my pretty head I'd like to make it go away But I'd prefer not to be dead I haven't written any letters Made my final wishes known Oh, I have memorized the hotline But I won't pick up the phone there are worse things in this world than being desperately alone So I'd like to run right off a cliff I'd hate to crack my bones so long Oh no I'm only lightly suicidal You don't have to hold my hand I know that it solve all my problems But I'm not making a plan Doubt that I could be that selfish No one else would understand So I'm not all that suicidal Keep in mind that this is really just a fantasy to me The splendid tragic spectacle of my eternity 
My golden locks spilled out across a quilted satin sea. Oh, don't I look so very peaceful? Don't I look so very free in an exquisite white ensemble? So I'd look my very best with a gorgeous scarlet bloom on my heart. Exited in my chest, you'd be standing there and crying for my loss with all the rest. But despite the grand production, I don't think you'd be impressed. No one else would understand, so I'm not all that suicidal. Kindly let go of my hand. I won't do it. I swear I won't do it. I swear I won't do it. I swear I won't. Actually, another heartbreak song. Um, it was one of those um, that was after a relationship ended, and um, it was one of those um, things where you're just, you know, what what do I what do I do now? Like having invested so much, having seen your future with someone, um, and uh, you know, the title actually worries me sometimes because I I don't want it to come off as Inside lights, L I T E. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I have actually, I actually lost a um, boyfriend to suicide five years ago. It'd be March twentieth, five years ago. Um, so, you know, I'm in, I'm in no way kind of making light of that because it's just a heartbreaking situation. But the idea behind it is that you know, like when you feel like so heartbroken that you're like, how do I? live and I think we all like have that moment sometimes in our lives where we you know have these thoughts these like suicidal ideations um but some of us talk ourselves out of it or dismiss us I mean most of us probably do um when that sort of thing happens so you know the idea was it's like yeah I am really low right now but don't worry you know I'm not gonna do it um uh you know, I did struggle uh, in my life with depression. When I first wrote that song, it was jokey. So I would play it with this kind of goofy, like Alberti bass, like, you know, and it's um, in a major key mostly. Um, and when I recorded it with Jerry, he made um, the kind of the production decision to take the joke away and really let the emotion come through. Um, the, the, you know, the first like demo I did of it has this like kind of bouncy, like I would play it at like, um, you know, when I would play it out, you know, people would like giggle because the lyrics I was trying to be like funny. <laughs> uh, but that recording kind of took the, took the joke out and kind of exposed the emotion beneath, which I think was a, a really cool decision that I wouldn't have known to well, make. 
Sarah, the band Faithless have just actually remixed Insomnia, uh, their hit from 27 years ago, uh, into a 27 minutes classically oriented piece. Uh, so if, uh, if, if, uh, if Faithless can actually do it and, and, and reacclaim the whole sort of system, apparently it's a cure for Insomnia as well. We're doing the, the science behind this. Yeah. Uh, One, another of the six songs I recorded with Jerry is also titled Insomnia. I had contemplated yeah. uh, sending that one. There you go. And, and at that moment, Jerry literally walks into the background and then oh, is, wa is waved to the camera to actually do a, a, a routine. Jerry, welcome aboard once again. your mad production skills, Jerry. Yeah, the, 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 the traditional uh, Jerry Leonard cameo on New York Real Talk. I'm still <laughs> waiting for Jerry to actually do a version of row, row, row the boat, row the boat ashore. I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna do he's gonna do a, um, a Connie Plank inspired production of, of uh... Brilliant. <laughs> it's just I mean that's, yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean a cameo appearance and some special finger notes as well. Genius. <laughs> Take that not tonight show. That's all I have to say. You don't need any more. It's just it's opened up a whole new field. Uh, Sarah, do you have a favorite favorite Pamela Sue Mann song? Is the one of Pamela's oh. output, which you think, do you know, I can't get through the day without listening to. Oh. I always, I experience your records as. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was a, a hint from Pamela to keep breathing, or maybe it might have been alluding to breathe. I don't know. I do love that. And I know, you know, I, 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 I love how your records just put me in this sound space that's all you like I just feel like I'm entering this like room audio zone of course I will always have a special place in my heart for the the song that you did with um Donna that I contributed lyrics to um which is beautiful um and uh I love what you guys did with that um, we haven't released that one yet, and it's so because we wanted to have a dance, a dancer and choreographer actually put that you know visually to dance, and we found a few, but um, it, it was it's a weird story I'll tell you all about at some point. It's been a journey, but um, that it's still it's recorded, it's ready to be danced, but it hasn't been released yet. That was a, a basically Grania O'Malley, yeah, Grace on, Grace on the Water. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I, and I love, one thing I love also about watching you perform, um, is that you're able to, you have this kind of otherworldly quality, which, um, is transportive and even live when I, I'm seeing how you do it, it still has this kind of unearthly feeling. Um, I mean, Sarah, were you not aware that, uh, Pamela was indeed an extraterrestrial? Is she not I actually... suspected. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I thought more like that she was from the fairy world. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's an extraterrestrial. She comes from Andromeda. It's a matter of, I think it was a matter of public record, actually. Never mind. Um, so it goes. Um, Pamela, it is time, astonishingly, for that moment where you throw in the wacky New York moment story. Go for it, Pamela. Or indeed, ask Sarah more precisely what her wacky New York moment is. 
I don't think that I, that uh, I do not think that Sarah has been made a person. Like I don't think she's aware of this. I don't think I shared this with her. But no, which makes it's probably okay. It's 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 a lot better when our interviewees and guests actually don't appreciate what's going to come at them. It's very important. It's the reaction. Yeah. Well, you know, she, she's a she she is a, a teacher, so she's used to the unexpected um, from people. <laughs> so the question is. As we know, New York City is a vortex, and, and Sarah has spent some time living in New York City as well, um, a good amount of time. And so the question is, above the usual day-to-day -day wacky things that happen in New York City, do you have come to mind an unusually wacky New York memory, Ooh. wacky New York moment of something that could only happen in New York City that was just like, did this really happen or did I dream it? No, I think it happened and I didn't dream it. And I'm in New York City and only here could this happen. I mean, there's a lot of A-train performances. There's just kind of very special moments when, and I don't know why they were particular to the A-train. I mean, I think I would see some on the number seven. There was a guy in the number seven and this was a long, long time ago. This was, I was in, living in Queens and commuting to Manhattan via the Flushing number seven, which is a older train. Yeah, and and kind of like weirdly slow and antiquated. I don't know if it's still like that, uh, but it certainly was in the 80s. There was a guy who would come on the number seven train with this whole spiel and he would, it was like a meta begging in a weird way. He would spread out like a cloth um, and he would kneel on it and then he would pull out, um, you know, he had a giant giant button um can i use uh profanity <laughs> we prefer it if you didn't it depends on the okay, level I'll, of course. I'll, I'll use a euphemism then that's good yes uh, it had a um circle and a line through it and a picture of a bull uh creating uh droppings um ah, defecation you know, splendid so it was like no bs Right? But it was huge. I mean, this thing must have cost like $15. And and then he would start to pull out um, eight by 10 glossies of his wife and uh, children. And he just did this whole kind of earnest like spiel. But of course, I couldn't help but wonder like, well, how much did you shell out for the eight by 10 glossies? How much did you shell out? Um, I am absolutely not opposed to uh, giving people um you know change or you know a buck or something um particularly if there's like a performance element involved but there was something about him that um was kind of off-putting i also befriended a singer songwriter who used to play under the stairs um at one of the stations um and developed a very close connection and a bit of a crush uh and then um realized that um he was, um, what's the word, pitching for a church. And <laughs> in, in a way he was kind of recruiting for a church. Um, there was just so many little funny moments. But depends, was it, was it the church of the underground? Was it a natural underground church that he was actually going for? Sorry, yeah. under the stairs. Right. It, was, um, it was one of those situations where he was like, good news. And the good yeah. news uh, was basically if, you know, I didn't, um, see things in a in a christian way i was going to hell and i was like well that sucks because my mom told me we're jewish and i'm not allowed to do that 
Um, but then Sarah, so was Jesus. So let's not go there. It's yeah. so sort of aspect to sort of you know, continue a whole development within the, the whole sort of range of that. Well, I think that was that was double value. Um, excellent <laughs> from that point of view. So, so, certainly, I mean, I still feel Jessica has a part and partial place because she managed to actually shut down, I think, New York uh, Airport. Uh, was it LaGuardia? Um, with, with, with simply a, a knapsack, which is pretty pretty ambitious, really, for that point of view. So, but yeah, encountering encountering wacky, wacky New York moments that, that actually works in all so many ways uh, we're going to be going out with Breathe we've been talking to the fabulous Sarah Azara uh, but Pamela it is almost time for those final two questions to be asked uh, which uh, I mean normally if it was midweek drive Jessica would take them as in her own unique way but you deliver them as a New Yorker can and does and in the only way that a New Yorker can do uh, actually Sarah one last question how do people actually follow you are you on the various socials do you have uh, the range of Instagram and TikToks and all the other bits and pieces and websites uh, and such like I I need to improve my social to be fair I had actually a beautiful website at one point and I, I lost it in the divorce um but it's it's know, it's tough when your website actually is part of the deal really nobody thinks about the little electrons in cyberspace they didn't want to be well, split he, up. He built, he built the whole thing. But now that we're friends again, I'm going to check with him and see if he still has all this stuff and see if he can put it out. I am on Instagram. Um, it's at Sarah Azera. I am. I need to improve my Instagram game. Uh, I I understand that. Otherwise, that's, that's how where can the, the people in Southampton, England, find out about somebody who's actually been published in the Southampton Review? Um, I do have a few um, kind of, there's some songs up on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Spotify. Um, and I think, I think Apple Music has some stuff. Um, so if, if, uh, if you Google Sarah Azera, which is A-Z-Z-A-R-A, um, it pops up. Uh, but I do need to, I do need to do a better job of collecting it in a place where i can better represent don't, don't punish sarah and I'll, I'll just actually say for the benefit of the non-americans that's a double z a r a as opposed to a z z a r a it's it's a, it's a minor point but you know there you go uh we're gonna hear breathe in a few moments pamela those last two questions for of course sarah and jessica off you go pamela sarah and jessica and um, have you both had a good time with us and will you come back soon please and i mean it and we need you back here on this show as soon as possible <laughs> i'm having a great time i would love to and i will think of those better wacky new york moments like the time i passed tina fey on the street and said too loud to my child that's your mom's favorite writer or one of your mom's favorite writers because i wanted her to know that i respected her brain but i didn't want to accost her <laughs> It's a tight, traumatic area to actually be in. You want to respect their brain, but not come across as a scary stalker. How do you do that, you know? Or, or when I saw Kim Gordon walking down the street eating a sandwich. That's Kim Gordon walking down the street eating a sandwich. <laughs> wow. Another alien. Uh, Pamela, next one. Oh, yeah. So, Jessica, have you had a good time? And will you please come back very soon? Of course. As always, I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we are, no matter what time of day it actually happens to be. And if you listen to this, obviously, in Lincoln, England, it's probably early evening, but there we are. Um, Pamela Suman, Sarah Azara, and, of course, Jessica Burtis. Huge thanks, Pamela. New York is the home of what? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, you have to tell me what you think of this, Sarah, after. Okay. <laughs> this, is what, this is what we came up with. I say we, the royal we. 
Wait, can you start again? <laughs> New York, home of the what? The world's finest pickle. I could climb a river before I could make this go. It's like I died and I am where I want to go. You could pray for the future, or you could pay to the past. But there's nothing like the present, and it's never gonna last. Why don't you breathe? Don't say a word. Be whatever you feel. Breathe. Don't say a word. Just breathe. This could be your savior Oh, this could be your demise What will it be Through another heart Breathe, don't say a word Be whatever you feel Breathe, don't say a word Just be Just be